Be careful. <laughs> okay, in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, thank you Lord, for bringing us this hour. Thank you for allowing us to come Lord, to uh, praise you, glorify your name. Thank you for allowing us to come and uh, contemplate and understand and submit to your word, Lord, that uh, is life giving. I ask you to bless the discussion today, uh, open our eyes to understand and to listen and to hear and to allow your uh, word to settle in our hearts, Lord, in order to give us uh, transformation, change, Lord. Uh, praying for all my brothers and sisters, for those who are with us, those who are with us, for those who have no one to remember them, for those in trouble, Lord, those who are in need, that you stretch your hand and uh, touch the heart of everyone, Lord, that uh, we can all enjoy being your children and you are our Father, Lord. Hear our prayers, supplications, prayers of all your saints. In your name, Lord Jesus, we are praising our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That would be. Amen. Okay, so <coughs> we've uh, back after what tweets? So continuing again, Hebrews. And coming to one of the chapters that is kind of like very um, different and, and it could be just kind of like, okay, why, why all the details and why it's, it's a different chapter, chapter seven. And just to, to remember again, that as we said from, uh, from chapter five starts, St. Paul is starting the idea of introducing uh, Christ as the high priest, right? And then he continues to talk about that and then he takes a pause and then we'll continue again in chapter seven, eight, uh, actually nine and 10. So if you look at it, actually uh, the, the um, chapter seven, he talks about um, Melchizedek, introducing that character and who, who is he and, and what's the significance and all that as we we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. Um, uh, chapter eight is uh, the emphasis on uh, Christ's better covenant than the covenant of, of, of Melchizedek. And then in chapter nine talks about the better sanctuary and then chapter 10, uh, by better sacrifice. So you, you, you see that we, we, as we move on with that, he's, he's putting more and more effort and more and more time and more and more uh, uh, explanation uh, to prove the, if we may say, he, he, he's like, he's having an, that, that trying to prove the point and, and the argument about Melchizedek and uh, Aaron as both high priests. And where does that, where would Christ fall as a priest under the order or by the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Aaron? So you see that it's, it's, it's uh, again, you know, why, why would he spend, you know, three, four chapters on just one thing that we can conclude in one sentence that, you know what, we need another priesthood. Uh, Aaron was not enough. Christ is the high priest. And his sacrifice is better. His role is better, and then move on with that. But you see the, the you know the depth and the details and the, and the, and the argument that he's bringing into the point will definitely make us think again about what's what's why is it so important and why is it is it to the point that he's actually spending you know and and and, and taking his time in explaining all that. Uh, idea and, 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 and theology of Christ as the high priest and on the order of Melchizedek. So we will try to get to this. Uh, we might take it this, especially chapter seven and maybe maybe the next, the next few chapters also, instead of taking it verse by verse and word by word, we actually need to, because this way we'll miss, if we do it this way, you miss the actual idea of what, what St. Paul is trying to do, which is introducing and the, the argument about Christ as the, as the priest on the order of Melchizedek. So we'll try to take it actually as section and as uh, more of a, of a, of a, a theme uh, versus just 
verse by verse. And then we'll go back again once we're done with this. But this is this just needs some more, more focus and more attention in that way. So uh, Stephanie, how are you? Welcome. With, with that, we need Good. to understand again, where, where are we at with this? Where are we at with this? You know, if, if you go back again to chapter five and verse, um, the, 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 the beginning of the, of the chapter, chapter five, verse one, that every high priest was taken or chosen from among the people. And we talked about this. So this is where he starts to introduce Christ as the high priest, right? And then he, as he keeps talking about that, he realized that the people are not what able to understand. So he paused, right? And start the, the, the teaching about you're still babes, you need to grow up in order to understand the whole idea of the priesthood and, and Christ's role as the high priest. And then he talks about this for a while and then comes back again with chapter seven with much, much more details with that, right? So, in order to do this also, let me, let me just bring back the fact that why, and, and, and remember, we need to remind each other about this again. Why was Hebrews written? First of all. Yes. Yes, they were under persecution, under pressure, under tension, and they were, because of that, they're trying to move back to their own beliefs. So he's trying to tell them again, no, that Christ is better. Jesus is better than, better than, better than him. So, so this is one thing. Yes. Random. Random. Okay. Isn't Hebrews like taken out in some people's idea, like when like removed, where some people just believe this? Some people, some people did not. The the there is a dispute about the author, so it's not considered one of the letters of of St. Paul at most of the westernized theology. As, as Orthodox, we believe that it is part of, of St. Paul's uh, epistles, letters. Right? So that was, that was the, 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 the argument. That's why it's not considered as part of St. Paul's letters. But everyone accepted it as like one of the letters in the Bible. Yes, right. But who's the author? We don't know, right? We don't know either Paul or this or that. Marianne Hawaii. So, so, uh, with, with with that, we need to keep keep that in mind again, you guys. That uh, the idea of or the message that is uh, is is being sent to the people because of they believed and then they were under the pressure, so they tried to actually let go of what they believed in and move on, right? So, with that, why why? Let me ask this question, and, and I hope you, you kind of like try to understand what I'm trying to say, because it's really, really kind of complicated. But why specifically in this letter that, that St. Paul is spending a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of, of, of resources to explain the idea of the great high priest based on the whole theme of the letter itself? So what is the significance? Again, what is the significance of of presenting Christ as the great high priest for people who were believers at one point and they, they're still believers, but they are, because of the pressure that they are under, they are actually deviating from the truth again. So what's the significance of, 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 of stressing on the fact that Christ is the great high priest for them at that point who were under the, the pressure of, of persecution and then they are going to, to leave the faith. What is the significance of Christ as the great high priest? Remember what you were telling us about the high priest? Yes. Yes. And how when the high priest dies, all the people who were like condemned are able to return. That's with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, cities of refuge, correct? Yes, yes. So I think the significance would be showing that although that they may have condemned themselves or you know distanced themselves or ran away from the word truth. Okay. That because Christ died for us, that the high priest that they are now allowed to be worthy to come back. So giving the high priest to them as he is the only way to bring them back. 
that's what you're saying, right? Because they were, were in a way, you know, uh, leaving that, right? Let's take it back again to one, one, one step either, even, even, you know, uh, earlier than that, which is the, the need for the priesthood for the time of Moses and the people in the wilderness. Why, why at one point there was a need for priesthood at that time? So we know from, from, from the Torah, from Exodus, from Numbers, that you know, the idea of, of choosing a certain tribe and sanctifying the, the tribe to be the priesthood wasn't from the beginning. So all the time before, before Moses, or even till the time that, that the Lord started giving the commandment to, to, to sanctify the people for priesthood, there was no priesthood, right? So what brought the, the need for priesthood? Something to do with sacrifice. What is the need for sacrifice? Well, I mean, like they were offering worthy sacrifices. The atonement, because of what? Like before the priest, people were still sacrificed, offering, but the, the, it wasn't only the priest. Okay. Right. Um, like yes. About, there was a verse that says, like, confess to each other and like there is not like one person that's worthy or like knows the ritual so that that's why they needed people yes people start at one point to to not to obey the law right so instead of 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 them being actually being able to offer at one point they were all what in a way deviated from 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 the the, the obedience and being obeying the law so because of that, people said, or God said, okay, you know what? Nobody's worthy to offer and to stand in front of me. I'll have to sanctify certain people. These people will be the one who will offer on, the, on behalf of the, of the rest, right? So with that in mind, that brings us back again, what we're talking about today, because under the theme of Hebrews, the idea that people were trying to survive the persecution is to be in God's presence, right? In order to be in God's presence, either you are fully obedient to the law, which is not happening, or you need somebody to do what? To bring you to God's presence. See the, the, where is this going? So he's basically, that's why he's spending so much time on the idea again of the high priest, because he basically is saying what, that in order for you to go through the, the persecution and be strengthened and be able to survive, the only way you will survive is when you are in his presence. And there is no way you can be in his presence without what? Without a mediator, right? Oh, everybody, as, as he said in Roman, the whole, the, the, everybody's what? Is condemned, right? No, but no one is righteous anymore. And then he's saying that, okay, since the only way to bring you to in the presence of God is the priesthood or, or the mediator, then that priesthood that we're talking about is what is, is, not, is not enough. It's not able to bring you. So that's why there is a need for what? For a better high priest, for a better priesthood, right? See where this is going? So that's why specifically in Hebrews, he is, he is focusing on the idea of the high priest because he, he again says that, that in order for, for you or for us or for anybody to survive the persecution, the problem, the pressure, all the tension that's coming against us from the whole world, we will not be able to survive this unless we are in his presence, right? And there is no way we can be in his presence without what? Better priesthood with the set of Christ. Because obviously all the sacrifices and all the system of the sacrificial work and all the, all the priesthood of, of Aaron was not enough to do what? To bring you, to sanctify you. And that's why there is the need for Christ as the great high priest to do this. Okay. And that actually becomes very, very relevant to us right now. Because 
as we as we understood before that the, the persecution is not just you know that person who's standing with a with a sword against your 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 neck or a gun and pointed to your head saying what believe or or or, or you know or deny or you or, or you'll be killed but the persecution what we're talking about is everything that is trying to pressure us to do what to live against the the word against the commandment right and you see this as we will discuss it today that he Saint Paul is presenting Melchizedek as what as the king of what two things before peace king of what righteousness righteousness as peace and the, the order is very important because there is no peace without righteousness right and righteousness and peace are all the only way to 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 enjoy or to live that is where in the presence of of God himself. And you cannot be in his presence without the work of the great high priest. See the full cycle? So that's why, again, he will spend, you know, again, he started in chapter five, he's continuing in seven, eight, nine, and 10 about Melchizedek, about the high priest, about the high priest. As we said earlier, all this three, four chapters can be summarized in just one verse, and that's it. Right? And that's why it becomes very, very relevant to us now, because again, we, there is no way for us to be in the presence of God without the sacrificial work and the high priest, which is Christ himself, right? So that's kind of general thing for those chapters. Just gonna take it step by step and see exactly where we act with this, right? Questions so far or comments? <laughs> Go ahead, Maria. How would that not be perceived as like an insult, I guess, to Aaron? How could it not be perceived how as? How could it be perceived as like an insult? And like that that was insufficient to uh, basically the issue. Because we look at, at the work of Aaron and the work of the priest of Aaron at that time as an actual shadow of the things to come, right? So at that time, it, it's exactly as you're, as you're asking the question of why didn't Christ come right away after the fall, right? Because if he would have come right away, then there was no need for all that sacrificial system and work, right? But that was all in the plan of preparing the people for the fullness of the time. So at one point, the work of the work of Aaron and the priesthood of Aaron actually did what's supposed to be done at the time, right? Which is again, the idea of the atonement, the idea of the sacrifice, the idea of putting, you know, the person will put his hand on the animal and the priest will put his hand on the animal and then they slaughter the animal and then the blood will be sprinkled as a, as a purification. But again, that was not, there was no purification, right? So it was actually, but it worked at that time to prepare the people and to, to do the job that it was supposed to be done till the fullness of the time, right? Okay, Thomas, welcome. So let's read. Thank uh, you, Abuna. Hebrews 7, thank you. Hebrews 7, let's read again from uh, the beginning till, till verse 10. As I said, we're not gonna take it uh, verse by verse in this in this particular chapter but just going through the, the 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 theme and the meaning of that and the purpose of that so let's take it actually from the last verse of chapter six because that that is the continuation so chapter six if you remember we're talking about the promise and talking about the the oath and we're talking about the covenant right and then at verse 20 of chapter six it goes where jesus has gone he was talking about that what if you remember the anchor right and 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 uh if you read from uh, from 18 for example so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for god to lie we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us remember that we have this as a sure and a steadfast anchor of a soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then he continues chapter seven, or again, as we know, at that time, there was no chapters, just like a continuation of the, the flow of the text. Four, so he said that as Christ came as a priest on the order of 
Melchizedek. Now he's going to start to to talk more about who Melchizedek is and comparing that with Christ. So chapter seven, for the Melchizedek, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a 10th part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the son of God, he continues a priest forever. So how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers. Though these also are descendants from Abraham, but this man who does not have his descent from them received tithe from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithe, paid tithe through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Confusing enough? Very, right? Okay. Again, like why all those things? Like, again, this, this all can be just, you know, put into one thing, okay, that there was a need for a priesthood. Christ came as a high priest on the order of Melchizedek that he can fulfill the law and the atonement and so forth, and then move on to the next thing. So what is he trying to say here? What did you get from this? Try. I, I want you to try. Instead of just being kind of like lost, try to, 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 to see what you have. Like what, what do you understand from this passage? So who is it referring to? Okay, Marianne, who speak up. referring to uh, in verse 3, without father, without mother, without genealogy. Okay. Nope. It can't be Christ because Christ has genealogy. He's referring to that character of Melchizedek, that, that mysterious character that appeared. By the way, Melchizedek appeared in the Old Testament only two places. Genesis 14 and Psalm 110. Only. And the third time is St. Paul. So very, very mysterious character, very, very, very vague character. But all of a sudden, St. Paul builds a whole full theology based on that character, right? So if you, in order to understand this, we have to actually go back to Genesis 14 to understand what, what happened at that time, right? So if somebody opened Genesis 14 from 17 to 24, We'll bring it here also, so uh, so we, we we have the text in front of us and understand again what's like what 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 is he talking about in order to 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 go on with this. So Genesis fourteen from seventeen to twenty four, right on the screen. I'm sharing it on the screen also. You can see it, right? After this, or after his return. So what happened is. Let's read from 13 so we know exactly what was the flow of the text. Abraham was attacked by at one point by five kings. So Abraham actually went and had a huge battle against those kings. And he was able to slaughter them, right? On his way back from that, that character, Melchizedek, appeared to him or met him. Let me see, met himself, appeared to him. Met him, right? And he blessed him. And Abraham offered to him tithe. Again, the tithe, the law of the tithe came where? Before, during the time of Abraham or after the time of Abraham? When did the, when did the, 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 the law of the tithe was introduced to the people? Before Abraham? Who, through whom the, 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 the commandments came? Moses. Where is Moses in reference to Abraham, before or after? After, right? 
So meaning that the, 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 the commandments to, to tithe everything didn't come till after that. But somehow Abraham knew, some people actually said that that was an actual common practice for even people who did not know God, just, just a common practice of the, of, the, of, the, of the culture at that time that they would give tithe to a God. Right? So here Abraham is coming back from, from the fight and he meets Melchizedek and then he blesses him. He, Abraham gives him the tithe and then he goes on with his, with his life. So that, that's what Genesis 14 is. Um, let's read from 13. Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham, who was Abraham at this time instead of Abraham, uh, the Hebrew. And this is the first time, as I mentioned this before, this is the first time that Abraham is called the Hebrew. The Hebrew. The Hebrew means what? Just a, a, a side note. The Hebrew means the? The one who crossed over. Hebrew. Abar. Abar. So, Abrani, Hebrew. This is the whole word is coming from that understanding that he crossed over. He left his land and left his everything and and believed in the in the promise and then he crossed over to on his way to the promised land so he is the only and the first time that the they call uh, abraham as the hebrew who was living by the oaks of memory the amorite brother of eshkol and of aner these were allies of abraham when abraham heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive he let forth his trained men born in his house of them Three, 18 of them and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he divided his forces against them by night and his servants and defeated them and pursued them to Hoba, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsmen Lot with his possessions and the women and the people. So they were attacked, Lot and the people and the women were, took, were taken as captives. Abraham got his people together and go and then he, he, he went and defeated and retrieved again or freed Lot and his, right? So that's the, that's the text. After his return from the defeat of uh, Chedor Leomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet with him at the valley of Shava and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, or blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God, most high possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread. So this is all what is written in the Old Testament about, about Melchizedek. That's it. The only other part, again, would be Psalm 110, verse uh, 4. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Right? And then St. Paul comes and takes that character and builds that whole four chapters about it. So back again to, to, to Hebrews. Back again to Hebrews. When he talks about, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham appointed a tenth part of everything. And then he started to describe who that Melchizedek is. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And I'll go through this after I, I read the text. So he's, he's king of righteousness. And then he's also king of Salem, that is king of peace. He is without father. Why he is without father or mother or genealogy? Because we don't know, simply because it does not mention. So there is no theology, right? It's just like that man that came all of a sudden in the scripture, nobody ever talked about him before. Usually, when you, when, 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 when you talk about somebody, if you look at the book of, uh, of Kings, for example, or, 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 or Chronicles, King so-and-so, his mother was so-and-so, his father was so-and-so, he lived so-and-so, and you have the whole, what, information about him here. All what you know is, okay, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, appeared to him and said, blessed are you. Right? And that was actual 
way of 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 uh, interpreting the the Old Testament during the time of of, of Paul of Saint Paul, which is actually taking a character and start to 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 see the reason behind it and the symbol of it. Right? So he is he's describing who that Melchizedek. Based on the scripture, we don't know his mother, his father, where he came from. He has no genealogy, basically, right? So that's all describing Melchizedek. We're not talking about Christ here. This is all about him. When he says, neither beginning of days nor end of life, it doesn't mean here that he is what? That's immortal. But again, we don't know when he was born and when he was dead. In a very simple way. We, this is, this is where, where, where Father Tarazi comes now, when he says, okay, we build theology based on, on the text. Like that, but what the text is saying, it's very, very simple. The text is saying that this is a person that came and, 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 and met with Abraham and gave him this and this and this and this, right? Whether there are lots of arguments now that, uh, or, or between the fathers, whether was this an actual apparition of the second hypostasis of the Lord who's incarnate, or was it just a person who, like, we don't know. We really don't. Nobody can say for sure, this is, no. no. According to the text, there is a person who came and met with Abraham, and Abraham did this and this and this to him, right? But because of that, you can take out of this that, and this is what St. Paul is exactly doing. You can take out of this that what, that person was a typology of Christ, right? Without complicating the thing. Why? Because at that time, this is the first time to have an actual king and a priest at the same time. Right? That's not, it's not known. There is not, nobody through the Old Testament or through the, 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 the genealogy of, of all the fathers that held both offices of a priest and a king at the same time, except for Christ in the New Testament, and except for Melchizedek in the Old Testament. So St. Paul says, okay, this is definitely pointing at whom? At Christ. Right? So he's saying that he is, we don't know a beginning of life. We don't know an end of life. So again, resembles or type of Christ who we don't know. No genealogy meaning, again, we don't know where he came from. And yes, Christ, according to the flesh, we have the genealogy, but still we don't know he appeared, right? So in, in, in a way, he is, he, is, he is introducing that. But one thing that's very, very important as he introducing the, the character, that mysterious character of Melchizedek is what? His name. His name. In, 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 in the actual, you know, if you look up Melchizedek, what does it mean? As we know from our own knowledge. Hmm? We should have knowledge, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. We just, those of you who are deacons, we always say this when we have a bishop and just kind of, you know, keep saying it and we don't understand anything. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's, it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, the word itself, as it says here, I mean, the text itself is, is explaining this, right? He is first by translation of his name, King of Righteousness. So even if we don't have any knowledge, it's right there on the screen. The text says, by definition, by translation, his name means King of Righteousness, right? When you look actually at the actual, at the actual language, actually, it is, it is more interesting. It's not just King of Righteousness. It's, My King is righteous. Because it is Melki Sadek in Arabic, Mel Melek, which is Malik, king, Meliki, which is my king, Zay Maliki in Arabic, right? So Meliki Sadek, which is my king, is righteous, right? But then what's important also that he says also again, as we said in, in, in as we brought it up in, in, in Genesis, that his name is, that he is king of what? King of Shalem, which is translated as King of Peace. 
And remember what I was just saying about, about that in order to be able to go through the tribulation, go through the hard time and go through the pressure, we need to have what? To be in his presence, right? And his presence gives what? Righteousness and peace. Righteousness first and peace. There is no peace without righteousness. Right? And that's why he's saying again that, that the, 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 the normal priesthood of Aaron did not bring peace or did not bring righteousness, right? It was a, a commandment, do this in order to be cleansed, right? But it never solved the issue. It never repaired the problem. It never brought back the nature to the original nature before the fall. Right? So when, 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 when this is happening and St. Paul is taking that character and building on it that idea of Christ on the order of Melchizedek, he's saying that what? That the only one that will bring you to God's presence is the one who can offer what? Righteousness and, and peace. See? And then you take this backward again you know a lot of times you say okay well i can't feel god's presence right how many times have you said this here all the time right like, like always like i don't know where god is I, I i try to pray and he's not there open the bible and he's not there I go to church i'm so bored right so let's go backward <laughs> what would be based on what we're just seeing now what would be the problem Not being in his presence, right? Not being in his presence. Or trying to be in his presence without what? With our own righteousness, right? And we're so good at that. We're so, so good at that, right? I'm ready to go and to do this, to do that. And I feel good about myself. And I think I conquered the things that I'm struggling with. And, So that's what he's saying here now, that remember, again, we, beside all the theology, let's just put the theology aside now, but just the simple fact that you need a better priesthood in order to bring you to the Father, right? As we said before, priest in, in Latin is bridge builder. So a person who is building a bridge. So with that bridge, hmm? Oh, priest in Latin. Priest in Latin okay. is bridge builder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm a bridge builder. Yes. So so with that again, <laughs> with that again, you see that that the need for that, that we need Christ to bring us to the Father, and we need Christ to bring the Father to, to us, right? And again, this will never happen unless we recognize that that bridge offers what? Righteousness and peace. And, and, and we, can, we can spend a lot of time talking about this because I think this is very, very relevant to, to where we at as far as you know, what is taken, where is our righteousness coming first and what is taking our peace from us second, right? So let's, let's tackle that. Where is our righteousness coming from? In a very practical way, don't give me a Sunday school answer. Well, I actually want to ask how we receive the high priest righteousness. Because it's evident that the righteousness comes from ourselves. Okay. So I want to know like what steps or how we are able to separate what's our own righteousness and what's God's righteousness. Well, that's why he started about talking about this in, in the end of chapter 4 and chapter 5. Right, that we have a high priest who went through the heavens, right? He took us with him. We have, as we said at the end of chapter six, we have that 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 hope, and we are steadfast in that anchor, and that anchor is Christ who took us behind the curtain, right? So all those things meaning what that that just being with him or being in him, we're able to to receive that, right? But the point is when we, as the people of, of the Hebrews did, when we try to go back again to our own 
ways of acquiring righteousness. Right? To them was the old priesthood. And to us, you can remove the old priesthood and put what? Anything else that can actually make us feel like we are righteousness or we, we obtain righteousness on our own, right? Like what? Work, in what way? Right, right. Yes. Yes. Like, no, I'm good or I don't need, or I can do certain things and that will be enough to make me satisfied, or to make me feel like I'm okay, right? Or some people have a, like they do good works, like- Exactly, before, exactly. Like, oh, right, you do some charity work, some, 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 some volunteer work here and there, some uh, soup kitchen, some whatever, some mission work, some whatever, anything, anything. Right? But the actual purpose and the actual reason behind it is not there. Right? And again, as we said, you know, the, 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 the definition of, of Melchizedek is just not coming out of anywhere. I mean, specifically being, being uh, right, righteousness and specifically being the king of Salem, the king of peace. King of Salem or, or, or Shalem, which actually an actual city, which is actually developed later on to the city of Jerusalem, right? City of peace. So here he's, 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 he's spending a lot of time in defining and identifying actual who that character is in order to establish that argument between, between Christ as a priest on the order of Melchizedek, which is higher than the order of Aaron, right? And then he brings the, the, the similarities between Melchizedek as a person, as a character, and between our Lord as also the Word of God, the incarnate Word of God, right? And he's, he's building that in their mind to understand again that, that that's why there is a need for that, right? His origin is different than Aaron. His, his sacrifice is different. He came with what? Melchizedek, based on the, on, the, on the passage that we read in Genesis, he came with bread and wine. He didn't come with animal sacrifice, right? He is the one who blessed Abraham, right? Let, let's read it again and see where is this coming from. Again, it's, it's very important to refer back to Genesis in order to understand this. Right? Again, Genesis 14 from 17. After his return from the defeat of Chedor Leomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the Valley of Shava. And then uh, here, here is, and then Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He is priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So now here, here, who is giving the blessing to whom? Melchizedek is giving the blessing to. And that's what, back again to, to Hebrews, that's what St. Paul is talking about, right? That, that confusing part again. I'm just going to keep going back and forth between both texts so we can understand. So in, in St. Paul talks about this after defining oh, that Melchizedek, his name is so-and-so and he came, he has no origin, he has no father, no mother. And then he goes, see how great this man was to whom Abraham the preacher gave a tenth of his force. For, for Abraham to give tenth, as, a, as we said before, the tenth, the commandment of the tenth or the tithe at this time was not given. But it seems like it was a common practice for people to give tithe to a God, to somebody who's higher. So for Abraham to know and to give out of his own will without anybody telling him that I will give you 10th of my spoil, that is, that, that, that's the meaning of what, that, that he knew somehow that this king is higher than him. Right? So that's what St. Paul is talking about here. I, to whom Abraham the patriarch, and he, 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 he uh, put the emphasis on Abraham, their patriarch, right? Not just 
you know, anybody. But the patriarch gave tithe to Melchizedek, meaning that he's trying to emphasize again the idea that, that, that Melchizedek was higher than Abraham. And Abraham to the Hebrews is what? Is their father, right? Their ancestor, that is the origin of, 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 of everything. So he's telling them again, wait a minute, you are trying, this is the whole point, so you don't get confused. The whole point is you are trying to use back again, to go back again, to use the Aaron and the Levitical priesthood. And you're trying to use your own ways of, of, of bringing to yourself the righteousness and the peace. You cannot do this. You're not going to success. Even Abraham, your father, recognized this and gave the tithe to that Melchizedek, which was a prototype of Christ. See, that's basic for this. That's basic for this. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithe from the people that is from their brother. So they, now he's saying, okay, at one point there was a commandment to the, to the Levites to take what? Tenth. So who is receiving the tenth, the tithe? The Levites, the priests. It was a commandment that everybody will do what? Will take the tithe and offer it to the priests. Right? So he's saying again, if that was the commandment, and then without knowing the commandment, Abraham gave this already to that Melchizedek, so that must be, that he must be a high priest and higher than what came later. Right? That is from their brothers, though these also are descendant from Abraham. So like, they are descendant of Abraham, and they are high, but they still what? Receiving the tithe from people. So again, Abraham already gave the tithe. So in him, that's what he talks about, that in his loins, he or, they already offered to Melchizedek before they were already what? Born, even. See? That Abraham as the father, because in him, in his seed, the whole thing would come, right? So all the Levitical and all the Levites and all the people, all the, 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 the priests later on, in a way, recognize that Melchizedek is higher because they figuratively gave already tithe to him through their father, Abraham, because they were in his loins, as it says. What does it mean in his loins? Like they were not really, I mean, they are the seed of their, the, who came out of the seed of, of Abraham. So he's, he's again, he's, he's in a way repeating repetitive of the same idea, but he's trying to, to make it very, very, very clear and very, very obvious that don't even think about going back again to the Levitical priesthood, right? And to bring it to our day and age, don't even think again to go back to whatever you think will give you righteousness or peace away from the King of Peace. That's the bottom line. Yes. Uh, could you please repeat this part? Because I got confused. Which part? <laughs> uh, the, the descendants and the Levites. Yes, yes. So again, he, here he's saying that, that the Levites, the, the law was for the people to offer tithe to the, to the priests, right? And we're saying that Abraham has done this already to Melchizedek without knowing and knowing that, that that's a proof that he is a higher priest and he is higher than Abraham. Right? So he's saying that, that all the Levites who came out of the seed of Abraham in a way offered their tithe to Melchizedek already, figuratively, because they were the seed of Abraham, right? Because Abraham is the father. So he's saying that the, those priests that you are so much attached to and want to go back to, they already have submitted themselves to Melchizedek, right? Who is a type of Christ, right? So again, that, that idea, again, like basically, again, I can say all this in one sentence, like how dare you, you go, how dare you go back again to Levites and to the sacrifices and to all those things while your father already has recognized that there is a better again. 
there is a better high priest. And that better high priest is Christ, who are you now trying to avoid and deny? And again, that becomes very, very, very relevant to us now. How dare we go back again to whatever that priest would represent in our lives, whatever is is giving us self-righteousness, whatever is giving us false peace and leaving the Melchizedek, the high priest that is actually, he is the king of righteousness and the king of, of peace. Make sense? Okay, anybody's confused? So with that, he's saying again that, uh, that um, but this man who does not have his descent from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. So again, he's saying that he's proving the point again that this man is better than those, higher than those. Right? He is different. He's not from the same descent. He's not from, from the same uh, heritage or, 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 or genealogy, but he already received from them in Abraham the tithe, right? It is, and then he goes on in verse seven, or verse six, but this man who does not have his descent from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. So he's saying that Abraham had the promises already, and he's supposed to be the patriarch, but there was somebody that is what? Higher than him, who blessed Abraham, as you just read in Genesis, right? Remember that Melchizedek is the one who blessed Abraham, and Abraham is the patriarch, the one who received the promises. That means that Melchizedek was higher than him, able to give him the blessing. It is beyond dispute. That's what he's saying next verse. It's beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. That's normal. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. Where is this coming from? Now I'm going to confuse you again. Verse eight, in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. What is he talking about here? Or is our tithe going to the high priest in your morning? Why? Well, I'm asking that what's going on. We said that 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 Melchizedek is mentioned in two places: Genesis 14 and Psalm 110. Psalm 110, 4 says, "What the Lord has sworn and will not change His mind. You are a priest forever, forever, right? After the order of Melchizedek. So now He's changing the 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 topic, if I may say, not changing the topic, but changing the focus from Melchizedek as the actual person into Melchizedek, the what? the prototype of, of Christ, exactly. So he's saying that by offering to Melchizedek, who was the type of Christ, you're offering to a man that is, that is what? Immortal. See? Does it make sense? So, so that's what he's talking about here in verse eight. In, in, in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. So here he's talking again, that man, that Melchizedek was what a type of Christ, right? And that's what who we should be offering, right? And 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 that's why it's very important. Again, if we take this back to to our to our life, which is are we offering to 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 mortal people, or we're offering to the one immortal, right? Like, like he's trying to say, like it doesn't make sense to keep offering and keep submitting and keep uh, elevating people who are what at one point they will, they will die. While on the other hand, there is the immortal who receives or who is worthy of all, all offering, all praise, all glory, and you are leaving the immortal and holding on to the. Mortal, 
Like, are you are you nuts? Are you crazy? <laughs> you you have it wrong. You have it wrong. Why you keep offering to the one that will be that is mortal? Again, why are you leaving the immortal and going back to the mortal? Right? Thinking that this will get you out of your trouble, your persecution, your pressure, your anxiety, your depression, your whatever. Right? So just, just relate this to what we're talking about. It is beyond dispute that the inferior blessed by the superior in one case type are received by mortal men, but in the other case by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself who received tithe, paid tithe through Abraham. So that's what we were talking about uh, Doreen earlier, that Levi himself you know, received uh, paid, I'm sorry, paid tithe through Abraham that who, who paid or who offered to, to Melchizedek for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him, right? So he's saying again that if this, this already happened, right? To, to all the actual Levitical priesthood because they were in Abraham. So why do you still fight this fact? It is as if it is saying that this is a, a given fact, right? Exactly, if, if you want to apply this to us, it's a given fact that we are one with Christ, right? That's what he said. But then you go on and try to do it, to discover the whole thing again, and try to like, well, what will make me able to be united with them? Like, you are united with them, right? Like, what are we doing every Sunday? What happened? Probably he ran out of battery, maybe. Oh. It happens all the time. Oh, well. So I guess this brings us to that at the end. <laughs> oh, when it's back. back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are we in a breakout room or? Um... Weird. Abuna. Abuna. I'm here. There he is. All right. What's happening? Darien's <laughs> question is that we don't know. <laughs> can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we I can. <laughs> okay. Sorry, my computer is acting up for some reason. Um, yeah, so <laughs> questions or comments. <laughs> what do you think of that? You know, I, I know it's a lot to, to digest. And again, you know, maybe we're not used to that text and not used to those uh, terminologies and, and the idea of, 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 of offering to, and the idea of Melchizedek and everything. But uh, I don't want to leave without, without making sure that this is all very, very relevant, right? Otherwise, it would be just like, okay, like who cares about Paul and Melchizedek and Abraham and Levi, and, right? But I think, if, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I think that the, the, if you look at it this way, it, it's very, very relevant, right? What do you think? I want to hear from you. The idea again of basically finding or trying to go to a different source versus the one, the king of righteousness and the king of peace. This is this is the, the big headline of this of this passage that he is the king of righteousness, he is the king of peace. We need to submit to him to offer, to recognize him, but we don't. Instead of doing this, we go back to trying to find another priesthood. That's that's basically what it is. And that remove that another priesthood and put you fill in the blank with anything else, exactly, right? Simple enough, right?
But again, remember the the name, and as we said, you know, I was reading this. The names then are not the names now. Now anybody is naming any baby any name without even like okay. <laughs> but at that time, the name was very very significant. So when we called Melchizedek, Meleki Sadek, my king is righteous, is is declaration of of who that is and who that is to me because the, again the name has that what. What is it in grammar that that my is what like the, the ownership? Possessor. Hmm? Possessor. Yes, possessor. Thank you. <laughs> Malakia in Arabic, right? Like Maliki Sadek, and, and that doesn't doesn't appear in the word either either in Arabic or in English. But it's very very important when you say no, it's my king. And then you 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 link. And you see that righteousness and peace comes together. There is no righteousness first and then peace. So if you're trying to find peace without righteousness, or if you claim that you have righteousness and you don't have peace, it's a question mark. It's a question mark. I Right. Or righteousness, or the true righteousness, because we can claim that we are righteousness, but not, um, you know, and you see this, you see this all the time. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm the first one, like, you know, we are claiming righteousness and doing this and that, but then we're, we're, there's, there's no peace. We're all over the place. We're so agitated. Anything that comes, we're just like, you know, we're on the edge all the time. So, like, wait a minute, that's not, that's not what he's offering. That's not what he's offering, right? And that's why, you know, when, 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 when Abraham offered him, he received what? The blessing. Blessing of the most high. Not just any blessing. Right? The blessing of the bread and wine. So it's something to, to definitely think about and to pray about. Because again, if we claim that we are righteous and we are lacking peace, then it's a big question mark. Right. And we are going back again to different priests to try to find righteousness, which is not going to happen. Amen. Okay, thank you. Um, if nobody any, has any other questions, we'll just conclude with that. We'll, as I said, we're, we're, this chapter is going to take it uh, into three, three, three uh, passages. So the first one is one to ten. The second one will go eleven to seventeen, I believe, and then, uh, and then we'll go on to the last passage after this. And then, you know, for the next couple chapters, you you might think that it's it's repetitive, but actually, as you said earlier, maybe I don't know if you if you if you were here when I was saying this or not, but let's uh, bring it back again. So. Um, Hebrews 7, the, the, the argument of Christ's priesthood like Melchizedek. In Hebrews 8, the emphasis is, is on Christ's better covenant. So as a high priest, he brings with him what? A covenant. So we'll leave the, the, the priesthood uh, and the order of the priesthood into the covenant itself. That's in chapter 8. In, in, in chapter 9, the better sanctuary. There is a high priest that has to be what? A sanctuary. So now we're comparing in, in chapter nine the sanctuary of the the better or the or, or Christ, and then in, in in chapter ten concludes the section by arguing for Christ's better sacrifice. So don't think it's just a repetitive, you know, about about the the, the idea of the high priest, but actually when you think of it this way, it's more uh, focused, right? Different for components or different four angles of that function uh, and the name of Christ as the great high priest. Okay. All right. Let us pray and then we can conclude. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, and then dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, come to you, Lord, we bow our heads, Lord, we submit uh, to your uh, kingship, Lord, to your uh, lordship, to your priesthood, Lord, as the the king of righteousness as the king of peace that we are in need for the to 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 connect to and to unite to all the time lord i pray lord that uh, they give us the understanding and the eyes that uh, 
can can uh, and the courage lord to to understand that a lot of times you just go to to different priests and to different sources uh, to find righteousness and to find peace while you are the only king and the king of kings lord you are the only one who can offer the blessings lord the blessings of god the most high lord that uh, that uh, you 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 shower us with with, with these blessings and with this love lord. I pray that we uh, practice this as we go this week, Lord, with uh, finding that uh, that you are the only source of righteousness, finding that peace that we are missing, Lord, in the midst of uh, of, uh, of uh, chaos and midst of a uh, uh, crazy time that we're going through, Lord, uh, in, in everything. But uh, let us uh, open the eyes of our understanding to look at you and to see, Lord, as that uh, high priest, uh, Melchizedek that is offering uh, all the righteousness and all the peace in, in spite of everything else, Lord. Praying, Lord, that you uh, accept our prayers and our supplications. Praying for all my brothers and sisters. Praying for those who aren't with us, for those who have no one to remember them, Lord. That uh, you, you, you gather us all together as your children, Lord, uh, under your love and under your lordship. Lord. Hear our prayers, supplications, for prayers of all your saints. In your name, Lord, hear us when we pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The love of God, the Father, the grace of only begotten Son, the community of the Holy Spirit with you. Go in peace. Peace be with you all. Amen. Thank you, Buna. Thank you, Buna. Thank you, Father. Arthur, say bye, Father. Thank you, Father. Bye. 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 It sounds so good. Bye, George. Good to see you. Okay.